Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make a little money. My job, not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. All right, we got to do something. We got we to figure out why inflation is so sticky, viscous, why it simply won't go away. That is the biggest question right now. To get your head around this market, nothing is as important as understanding why inflation is so darn persistent. Not earnings, not valuation, nothing. Every day we get more data here, and lately it's not encouraging. Hence why the Dow dipped with another 85 points. The S&P shed 0.16%. NASDAQ advanced 0.13%. A real better. Yeah. So I'm thinking, let's do the darn Federal Reserve's job for them and explore why this nightmare just doesn't end, despite seemingly endless Fed fund hikes with possibly many more to come. We'll go through the principal areas where the Fed says it's losing the battle against higher prices. Food. Housing and wages. All right, the first food it is a bummer. Between the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the ensuing economic sanctions on Russia, we have lost access to something like 13% of the world's calories. Sure, that means 87% is still available. I get that. But food is a fungible item. So the basic foodstuffs will just go to the highest bidder. That's something the Fed has no control over. Jay Powell can't snap his fingers in the word. He can't plant a lot of corn. Sure, the genetically modified seed companies, the pesticide makers, the precision farm equipment companies, they are doing their best to change the equation. Yet every time we seem to be making some progress on food inflation, something else comes along that rolls it all back. Intemperate weather, bad harvest, invasions swarmed by insects. Something just keeps going wrong. While this kind of thing happens all the time, we usually have a lot more slack in the food chain. doesn't equal more at the supermarket. Not this time. But... But fortunately, somebody's got a solution. It's not the government. It's Walmart. That's right. The largest retailer in the world is working around the clock to get your food prices lower. This is not an advertisement for Walmart. For, but I got to tell you, for two years, the food companies have had the run of the joint. They take a lot of those prices, seven, eight, nine, ten increases. But now we're seeing some backlash. Walmart may have all the branded product you want, but they've also got their own much cheaper brand private labels. Now, you can find it. There's all sorts of private label names for Walmart. The most boring one is called Great Value, but that's the one that's working. The price increases are so stark that I'm a lot less worried about food inflation because Great Value is holding things down. Not a catchy label, but listen to this. Let's say you want a can, I don't know, a green giant, green giant uh, uh, asparagus spears. They, they, those are delicious, right? Well, it's $4.98 for asparagus spears from Green Giant. Great value? How about $2.98? Same darn thing. I mean, like, you, 
you can't really change the spear, right? Uh, you don't want to pay $4.58 for a bag of Oreos? How about $2.88 for a, a, a twist and shout knockoff? I know that some big-time food executives are trying to push back here. Reuters caught Lawrence Curtius, CEO of McCormick, you know, a spice company, saying the other day he's not happy with Walmart's private label efforts. Doesn't like the way the pushback here. I wouldn't be happy with it either. McCormick sells French's mustard at $1.78 for eight ounces, right next to it, right next to it. You can get 20 ounces of great value mustard for just 98 cents, more than twice as much for barely more than half the price. Hey, would you really know the difference? I mean, if I did like a, you know, here's a blob of yellow, here's a blob of yellow, I mean, right? Let me give you another one. Bragg apple cider vinegar, which my kids like, okay, goes for $6.84. Wait a second. Walmart's house band equivalent's only $4.98. Okay, so it's not owned by Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom. Do you really care? So I think the Fed needs to stop using the branded prices to measure food inflation. More people shop at Walmart than any other grocery store, and its customers are getting much better prices if they're willing to trade down, so to speak. I'm not even delving into the for everyday low prices for fruits and vegetables, even of the organic kind. How about housing? All right, this one's a bit of catch-22 for the Fed. Last night, Toll Brothers, fabulous high-end company, right, reported a terrific set of numbers with excellent gross margins. Oh, no, that's not what the Fed wants. Worse, business has picked up since long-term interest rates leveled uh, in the fall. Makes sense. As CEO uh, Doug Yearly pointed out, quote, there now exists a deficit of anywhere between three and six million homes in this country, end quote. In short, we got a huge housing shortage. And while the Fed can raise interest rates to tamp down on demand, it also tamps down supply. This one's tough because, as Jay Powell acknowledged, you, uh, you got 75 million millennials entering their prime home buying years. Many of them want the American dream, and they apparently won't be deterred by high mortgage rates. When the Fed tightens, they can't do anything to price out cash buyers, but they might make home builders think twice about putting up more houses because they'll get a little nervous. Don't forget, we've also got an ongoing migration from high-tax states to low-tax states because Trump's tax reform capped out the state and local tax deduction. So they're willing to pay more, too. And that you can't asterisk that, oh, well, they're willing to pay more because of salt. Yeah. Unlike previous rate hike cycles where we're putting up too many homes, the home builders now have tremendous discipline. So buyers have no choice but to pay up. Rates could go up much more than this, and it might not even hurt the cycle. Finally, there's wage inflation, which is sticky because we do have a great labor shortage in this country. The Fed can't just create more people. We could make our immigration policy less restrictive, which would help, but that's politically too controversial. So what can the Fed do? Well, they can take interest rates so high, the companies need to lay off a ton of people to avoid going under. We've had dribs and drabs of layoffs, especially in tech, but we need to see some gigantic bankruptcies to get wage inflation under control. And I don't see many on the horizon. Okay, heaven knows we need Bed Bath & Beyond to get liquidated already. We need to see retailers closing stores, not opening them. We need people to stop traveling and going out to dinner. Even the tech companies that are firing people en masse often give generous severance packages. Nice to take an extended vacation, go out a lot to eat. Uh, that's not what the Fed wants. So that said, we are getting some real carnage, but it's just now happening. Although we'll fight wage inflation. How recent is it? Well, how about last night? Last night, an outfit called ZipRecruiter, which bills itself as one of the leading online marketplaces for job seekers, gave you a simply hideous forecast. Sent the stock down 22% today. 
It makes me think the Fed just needs to be a little more patient. It'll get things uh, straightened on the wage front. ZipRecruiter represented 42 million active job seekers last year. So this one's not some sort of one-off anecdotal example. As CEO Ian Siegel put it on the conference call, quote, I'd start by saying some things as plainly as possible, which is clearly we're in a macroeconomic slowdown and online recruiting has effectively cooled across the country, especially among small and medium-sized businesses, end quote. He went on to say, quote, this looks very much to be an industry-wide phenomenon. There's no, and by the way, end quote, there's no clear seasonal rebound. Employers have been decreasing their willingness to pay for hires. Many companies are executing layoffs as they tighten budgets, says he. We never want to root for people to lose their jobs. But that's actually what the Fed wants to see. I think last year's monster rate hikes have started to have a real impact on the economy. But it does just, it takes time. You know, these people, these, these Fed people come on and say, maybe we should do 50, we had those meet, these meeting notes, maybe we should do 50. I mean, do they really know? Do they know? I'm closer to it than they are, and i got to tell you, they, they don't know. I think you have to wait. Meanwhile, we have lots of incidental inflation indicators. We know apparel's allegedly strong, but TJX, the largest discounter, they own TJ Maxx and Marshalls, told us a great story today about new goods coming from retailers doing poorly. When TJX does well, it means the rest of the industry's doing badly. One retailer after another says supply chain issues are no longer a problem. One less reason to raise uh, prices. Natural gas just dipped below two bucks today, lowest since September 2020. That could reverberate throughout the system. Oil down again. You'll see it soon at the pump. But the big three, bottom line, food sticky because of geopolitics and agricultural issues. Although I've got to say, you got to start asterisking that Walmart number. Housing is all about demographic trends, can't be overcome by high rates. And wages, look, if a recruiting company just told you today, last night, that things are getting tough, well, that's signaling there's going to be a big slowdown. So maybe, just maybe, the Fed is on the right track. Dave in North Carolina, Dave. Hey, Jim, first-time caller. Nice talking to you. Really appreciate all the work that you do. Thank you. North Northrop Grumman, the stock has pulled back here recently, and I was curious about your uh, outlook for 2023. I think Northrop Grumman's going to have a great year. I also think people continue to underestimate how much money we are putting in to the situation in Ukraine, and they're going to have to re-up. And when they have to re our country have to build more armaments, and Northrop Grumman is a great stock in that environment. How about John in New York? John. Booyah, Jim. What's up? Booyah, John. Not much, just John. doing the show. What's going on with you? Not much. I'm here with my dad. You know, we watch the show every night. Big fan. Uh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, how are you? I'm good, man. What's going on? Not much. So I got... Right. So we started to use the platform, right? We rent out our condo in St. Pete. It's a good platform. I was in at $170. I sold it before it dipped. Uh, I want to know if I should get back into Airbnb. Yes, Airbnb had an amazing quarter. We had a couple of stocks that we thought were really going to bounce back uh, where there was misinterpretation with the CEO. CEO came on our show, Brian Chesky, told you all these things were good. The analysts didn't believe it. Next thing you know, boom, the stock's going higher, and it's not done going higher. Trey in Texas, Trey. Jim, I took a position in energy transfer back in July, mistaking it for a Red Bull competitor. And despite this minor oversight, I'm up about 30%. I wanted to see if you think it's worth holding on to in 2023 or if I should take profits and find a growing energy drink brand like I originally No, no, no. no. Energy drink, I like that. I think it's good monster energy. I, look, ET's doing well. I had to turn me on. I didn't. I, 
It was very reluctant. Then I started liking it because I do not like the balance sheet. But ET is a good situation. I want you to stay along it. All right. Food, sticky because of geopolitics and ag. Housing can't be overcome by higher rates. Wages, rumbles up a workforce slowdown. Maybe the Fed might be on track when it comes to wages. From everybody tonight, the REITs have been a tough corner of the market. So where should investors stand with a stock like Federal Realty? I'm finding out more with the head of the Real Estate Investment Trust. Then Crocs is short after early, so could an investment in the stock be worth trying on for size? I'm checking in with the CEO. And Waters has an under-the-radar EV connection. I'm learning more from the company's top brands. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. All right, what do we do with the real estate investment trust here? Two weeks ago, we got results from Kramer Fave Federal Realty. That's a real estate investment trust that specializes in mixed-use properties, mainly in rich suburbs. The results were pretty good, including a fantastic full-year forecast. Yet the stock's actually down a couple of bucks since then, in part because bond yields started rising again, making Federal Realty's 4.1% dividend yield less enticing in comparison. 
This is a very well-run company. It's leaving to the parts of the country with the deepest pockets. So maybe they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Do not take it from me. Let's dig deeper with Don Wood, the CEO of Federal Real Investment Trust. Learn more about how his business is doing. Mr. Wood, welcome back to Man Money. Jim, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Don, I got to tell you, I think that people do not understand. People always say uh, real estate's location. Well, sure it is. But also, not all real estate's created equal. You are shopping centers, not shopping malls, not office real estate. People don't understand the durability of your category. And I don't think there's anything more important than to effectively look at history as an example of how the the future is going to going to perform. And the bottom line is, Jim, and we've talked about this before, we've been around for a really long time. We've gone through recessions. We've gone through 20 percent interest rates. We've gone through lots of different wars, lots of different things over the period of time. There's not another REIT that can say that it has increased its dividend to shareholders every single year since 1967. There's none. And when you think about, well, how can that happen? We're not borrowing to pay that dividend. So effectively, that can only be a real estate portfolio that continually grows cash flow year in and year out. When you talk about 55 years, though, that's in a different league of everybody. And that's why I think we're going to prove in 2023, after a really good 2022, that we're a different kind of shopping center company. Now, people have to understand that your occupied space is really off the charts. Now, it's up 170 basis points uh, over over, uh, for occupied over last year. Now, that's incredible given the fact that so many people are worried about a recession. Well, it is. But what is what is crystal clear, crystal clear, is that the best thing to come out of COVID and that entire period what was the the elimination of the notion that bricks and mortar weren't important. Right. That that we are social creatures that we need to physically get out there, not only to shop, but to eat in great restaurants, to work at the gym. That is not a dead category at all. While people thought about it, we've watched, and it's happened, frankly, a year earlier than we thought it would coming out of the pandemic. We've watched that resurgence put us back to our record levels of earnings uh, of 2019 uh, sooner than we thought with a really nice pipeline about where we're where we're going. But it's not all real estate created equal. It's got to be good stuff. Right. And that's what we do. Selectively choose one after the other. So then people say, oh, but they're really levered, say, to Bed Bath Beyond. Actually, more levered to TJX. So it's like about just a little more than 2 percent. But you actually address head on. You called in. In the conference school, you actually talked about Bed Bath being expected bankrupt instead of bankruptcy process. But you're, they're paying you $15 per square foot. I bet you can't wait for them to leave. Well, that's a good, look, you, you want to have those stores come back over time. Right. You don't want them all at once. You know, right. nobody does. Effectively, when you have the best real estate, though, the likelihood that we will have most of the best Bed Bath & Beyonds continue to perform and to pay through bankruptcy is much more likely than in a portfolio that doesn't have the same level of quality locations. The other thing to think about, let's let's take Bed Bath & Beyond, throw Party City in there, maybe we'll throw Tuesday morning, uh, uh, Regal AMC, Cinemas. Regal. Let's Regal. take Regal Cinemas them, yeah. and we'll put them all them together, less than 1% of our revenue base. So that diversification uh, of not only tenant base, but of geography, that diversification of property type, not just grocery anchored right. shopping centers, not just mixed use shopping centers, really important to the investor. But you did say certain times like now where we turn down the spigot, aren't you uncomfortable to be able to start construction? So it's not like you're 
whistling past the graveyard. I mean, if the Fed takes it to no. 6%, you're not sitting there with cranes all over the place. No, listen, when you decide to, to if, if development is part of your business, you need three things. You need to understand three things. How much it's going to cost, what the rent's going to be that's going to su- support it, and how long it's going to take. Here's what I know today. I feel more comfortable than I have in a year, a little bit more than a year, what it's going to cost and what the rent's going to be. I'm still not comfortable on the timing. And as a result, we can turn down that development spigot a bit, turn up the acquisition spigot, because we do it all. All right, now I'm going to get a little more personal usually do. Given your record, and I'm telling you it's unassailable, it's amazing. I'm saying that, you didn't say it. You get the hardest time from these analysts. Now, I mean, no, no, listen to me. They were like, when you raise a dividend during the recession, it's like, oh, man, I can't, you're so reckless, whatever. This time, it's about some mixed use. Instead of single tenant out in California, people are worried about you and work from home. Here's what's going on, and it's not work from home. And I've got some great examples about that. Well, tell us. Here's what's going on. What's happening right now is it's a risk-off environment. Right. And so simple business plans that don't have development as a component or redevelopment or acquisitions or other components like that are more in favor. Well, that's fine for a while. Right, right. But at the end of the day, real estate is a slow-growing business. And so having more arrows in the quiver has, for our 60-year history, been one of the key differentiators of this company. You want that. And I'm going to tell you one other thing from a value perspective, Jim, because you're right about the analyst side. If you look at over the last decade, decade and a half, our average multiple uh, on FFO has been in excess of 20 times earnings. Today we're trading at 16. It is remarkably undervalued, in my view, when you, you look at all of that. Particularly because you are an inflationary hedge. For, you for want sure. what you buy when there's inflation. For sure. For sure. And I can tell you, because of inflation, we are having an easier time raising rents. We're having an easier time getting contractual bumps of 3%, sometimes 4% per year in those, in those contracts, it is a very good time for what it is that we do for a living. And I need people like you to ha- give me the audience to be able to talk about it. You know? Some others in the NARI, in the, indus, in the index, aren't doing as well. There are well, sure. Put, you know, B, B properties are not doing well anywhere, are they? The, the, listen, you said it to start this, this thing. Just because we're all REITs, just because we're all shopping center reads. Just be, that's not, we're not all equal. Just like Pepsi's not the same as Coca-Cola, et cetera, right? So it does take a little more to dig in and understand those differentiations. People are not interested in digging in these days to They're the extent not. they used to be. But I'm some generalist. And I, 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 I'm worth game because I see the record. I want people to own a stock where the yield keeps going up, not because the stock's going down forever. Right, absolutely. And if you do sit today and buy us at uh, this kind of price and get a 4% yield, a 4% yield that is, I mean, it's not, not you know, for, for sure going to stay forever. But man, oh man, that's a big part of our business plan for that continued dividend increase, whether or not. There's a you know accretion or, or, or reduction in the stock price on the capital well, side. You, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you make the great case, and you're deserving of that great case. Don Woods, CEO of Federal Realty Investment Trust, the symbol is FRT. We've been behind the stock for well, not since you started, but since we started. Everybody's in. Thanks for having me, Tim. Coming up, time to slip on a stock that's got soul. Kramer is going feet first to see if this company has the right fit. Next. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive. 
AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. I guess if you live long enough, everything old becomes new again. Just look at Crocs, those rubber clog-like shoes that have become a huge hit with Generation Z. Crocs came back during the pandemic because everybody went more casual during the lockdown. But the demand is still there, even as the stock got eviscerated last year as part of that post-COVID hangover. But the stock of Crocs bottomed last summer. It's now up more than 170% from its lows, including more than 15% gains so far this year. They've seen some major gains from Hey Dude, which is a brand they bought roughly a year ago during their COVID-era windfall. Thanks to the recent market-wide sell-off, though, the stock is back to where it was trading before the company reported an excellent quarter last Thursday. I don't know. Sounds enticing to me. That's, uh, let's just talk to Andrew Reese. He's the CEO of Crocs. Find out what's going on. Hey, Andrew, welcome back to the show. Hey, Jim. Thank you. Great to be back. So, Andrew, I try to tell people that Crocs isn't just Crocs. You've got to be thinking of sandals. got to be thinking of, hey, dude. Uh, and people say, nah, it's just Crocs. Actually, in reality, a year from now, we're not going to be thinking that it's just Crocs. Right? Already, it's pretty much of a three-legged stool, isn't it? Yeah, it's far more diversified than it was historically. Look, the classic clog is super important to us, right? It's a, it's a big piece of the business. It generates a lot of profit. It's what we're uniquely known for. But if you look at 2022, 27% of our business actually came from the, the styles that are represented by Hey Dude. So casual canvas or, or, or you know, materializations uh, were 27% of the business. Clogs were about uh, 54% of the business. And about 10% of the business was in, was in sandals. So we're already much more diversified from a product perspective and diversified internationally as well. We've got you know, a substantial business here in the U.S., but our international business has been growing very strongly on the Crocs side, and we'll take Hey Dude uh, you know, to the international market starting this year. All right, well, Andrew, let me take that one step further. Uh, last year, bang up everywhere, but your forecast for this year showed very little growth in the U.S., tremendous growth internationally. Uh, there are a lot of people who say to me, listen, when it's international that has the big growth, look out. That means that they've, they've tapped out the domestic. How do you uh, respond to that? Yeah, I mean, look, I think we've got to be prudent as we plan our domestic business, right? So um, we had nice growth here in the U.S. Uh, last year. As we look at this year, we're very confident we're going to get uh, double-digit growth uh, across the, the portfolio. I think we're concerned about the U.S. consumer uh, we're very confident about our front half from the from the uh, U.S. perspective. Uh, we can see, uh, you know, strong trajectory in our DTC business. Uh, we can see our, our order book from our wholesale partners 
Um, clearly, we have more growth prospects internationally, um, but I think we just got to plan cautiously this year. We don't know where the U.S. consumer is going. You know, we feel like Crocs will benefit from a constrained consumer um, because both of our brands, Crocs and Hey Dude, sell at very moderate price points. Um, but look, we do think the consumer is going to be constrained. I think you saw some retail results earlier this week that indicated that was going to be the case. Well, you did say you're cautious about the consumer, and you guys are very straightforward. You say, hey, dude, inventories are, are uh, admittedly elevated, which caused me to say, well, wait a second. If they bring it up, why should I uh, not bring it up? So why don't you fill us in on how that's going? Yeah. So, yeah, as we look at you know inventory management, we always think the health of a brand is based on how well you manage your inventories, right? If you can manage your inventories very tightly, uh, you keep yourself, uh, you keep your working capital under control. It allows you room to bring newness to the consumer on a frequent basis. Uh, as we look at last year, we brought a lot of newness to the Crocs consumer late last year. Obviously, the Hey Dude brand is new to the consumer, period. Um, and uh, and what, we've, what we were trying to call out when we were identifying that was that our, our Crocs inventories are in good shape. We're going to turn those four times. Hey, dudes, we're a little bit higher than we'd like to be. Uh, we've got some pre-purchasing that was done, pre-acquisition that we've got to work our way through, um, but we're very confident. And we'd like to keep control of inventory. We're not one of those brands that pushes it out to the wholesale market and lets our customers deal with it. We want to keep control of it so we make sure we're selling it in the right place at the right price. Um, okay. So it's just a big a call out that we wanted to make to our investors. Well, given your uh, close affinity to direct to consumer, I think you probably have better handle and inventory than any other company I deal with. Yeah, we, we, it's super important, right? So if, if you let your inventories get out of control, the only thing you can do is you can you can pull the price lever and the promotion lever, and uh, and and that's not where we want to be from a brand. So we think four times uh, in, uh, turns is is super important, um, and uh, we spent a lot of time, and a lot of focus on that. Uh, that was really hard during the pandemic, right? As you've seen, right. uh, inventories were starved and they ballooned and then they're, you know, so, um, but we kind of, we feel like we're kind of back to a more normalized place this this year. Um, so that's a great place to be. Uh, one of the things that, uh, as a prudent business person that you are, you talk several times about being committed to working towards deleveraging quickly, and that's because you did pay a lot of money for Hey Dude, but it's immediately worth it, but you definitely paid it. And you had about $1.7 billion in debt as of the last quarter. Um, how do you keep the resist from uh, $2.3 billion borrowings altogether? How do you keep from resisting just selling a huge slug of stock right here for the company? I don't think we need to, right? So uh, we generate a lot, of ca- a lot of cash flow. So if you look at last year, close to a billion dollars of EBITDA. Um, and then if you sort of minus CapEx and do some adjustments, we're generating very significant cash flow. Um, so, you know, we can uh, we, we can afford to to pay down our debt very quickly. You saw last year we paid down over $550 million on our borrowings. We were a peak leverage of 3.1 times when we purchased Hey Dude. We finished the year at 2.25 times. Um, we promised the market to the uh, investment community that we'll be down below two times uh, at the mid-year point. That's important because it's a covenant in our uh, in our high yield bonds, which prevents us from uh, repurchasing stocks. So, but once we get past the mid year, we have options. We're going to generate a lot of cash. Uh, we can pay down debt. We can buy back stock. We can invest in the business. All of those things. Um, and I just we did, I just don't think we need to sell stock at this price. Uh, we can deleverage by uh, by paying down the debt, and we can uh, and we have plenty of options about what, what we want to do with our capital in the future. All right. Last question. There's a, throughout uh, all your conference calls, there's a theme, which is that newness sells. 
How do you keep coming up yeah. with new designs? I mean, we have probably people in the audience who are saying, you know what, I can design something for them. How do I do that? Because new, if newness is the driver, we've got people in our audience who want to be part of that newness. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you'd be amazed how many inbound uh, suggestions we get from com- consumers and, and also our customers, our retailers as well. So absolutely, you, you, I'm glad you picked up on that theme, newness sells. We see that in the Crocs brand, we see it in the Hey Dude brand. Every time we bring something new, uh, behind me on the wall today, you see some of our newness, the, the Echo Clog, which is this tan color clog. That's a, a product that we introduced late last year. It's been selling extremely well. We've got great uh, prospects for that this year. Um, so, you know, it's important to the consumer. They're looking for the new, they're looking for the latest. And, and you can buy the latest and greatest product from Crocs at a very approachable price point. You can pay 50 to $60 for a brand new item and you can feel great about it. Um, so um, that's super important. Uh, if consumers wish to, to send us some suggestions, feel free to do so. We'll take uh, everything under consideration. I bet you actually will. I know you do because I've seen all the different designs. And I, of course, made up my Eagle shoes. I could send them to you, but others could do the same. Anyway, I want to thank Andrew Reese, CEO of Crocs, incredibly successful company and a terrific, terrific three-legged stool of shoes. Thank you so much, Andrew. Good to see you. Thank you, Jim. We have money to be back in. Coming up, can this stock flood your portfolio with profits? Or is it back to the lab again? Kramer's got the CEO next. When will the life science stocks finally recover from the post-COVID hangover? During the darkest days of the pandemic, this whole group worked of new highs. But then as the world went back to normal last year, these stocks got steamrolled. The industry didn't really deteriorate, though. It just had to get over some difficult COVID-era, year-over-year comparisons. The cops. You often hear me talk about these arms dealers to the pharma and life science sectors. You're thinking about Thermo Fisher, Perkin Elmer, Danaher, which we own for the Chapel Trust. But there's another major player that we don't get enough credit for, which is Waters Corp. And last Wednesday, they reported what I regard as a mixed set of numbers. Their actual results were excellent. A clean top and bottom line beat. The stock didn't get any credit for it, largely because they gave a cautious earnings forecast for the current quarter. It's been a week since then, and now the stock's down nearly 20 bucks. If Waters is merely being conservative here, this could be a great buying opportunity. But we got to find out what the hell's really going on. Let's check in with Dr. Udi Batra. He's the president and CEO of Waters to get a better read on the quarter and its prospects. Dr. Batra, welcome back to Bad Money. Hi, Jim. How are you? I am good. How about you? Excellent. All right. Now, you made a terrific acquisition, uh, Wyatt, which I think is good. You also had an excellent quarter. Uh, the stock, unfortunately, went down. To me, I, I, I can't tell you whether the stock's a buy or sell. That's not your job. But I can say nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary at all. If anything, the, the acquisition was additive, and numbers are in good shape. Yeah. So, Jim, uh, firstly, thank you for, for having us again. Uh, it's been a fantastic year. Uh, we've uh, we do uh, 12% cur- constant currency, compounding on a 14%, 15% year from the previous year. Uh, so a fantastic year. Uh, EPS on a constant currency basis grew uh, high single, uh, high, high high double digits, so high teens. So really, really good results uh, for the full year. And then we have had terrific, terrific commercial momentum. We introduced a whole bunch of new products that solve unmet needs in the biopharma space. In the, in the food testing space, especially for testing uh, molecules like PFAS. And, and now we've uh, started our third leg of the journey, which is, uh, which is the acquisition of, uh, of biotechnologies. Uh, 
So super excited of uh, super excited about the future and and really really great results. Well, let's take that middle leg, which is PFAS, which uh, as often leads to groundwater contamination. Uh, not unlike, by the way, what's happened in East Palestine, where we have groundwater well potential groundwater contamination uh, from a train wreck. Tell us what you do in order to be able to, uh, let's say, measure exactly what is in the ground and how dangerous it is. So, Jim, um, I mean, unfortunately, what's happened in, in Ohio, uh, we're not as close to it. Uh, but, I mean, talking about PFAS and just taking that as an example, I mean, as you know, these are called forever chemicals. And I was reading an article this, this morning, no quantity, however small, is small enough to not cause any medical, long-term medical impact, right? So we want to detect it at the lowest level possible. And we introduced a mass spec instrument, a very high-end uh, high, high sensitivity instrument just last year that detects small quantities of PFAS to one per quadrillion. Now, to give you a perspective on what that means, uh, it's like having a teaspoon of sugar in an Olympic-sized pool, and we can tell you how much there is and what it is. So now we're partnering with public health institutions around the world to make sure we can test drinking water, food, uh, etc., across across the globe, to make sure we can get rid of it from our from our from our food and water sources, and uh, many of our industrial customers are also talking to us because they make pledges to get rid of PFAS from their products. So a, a, a difficult problem, but we have a very sensitive instrument that is helping helping our customers. Right, and people want to see the danger of PFAS. Just look no further than what's happened to the stock of 3M because they have a PFAS problem. Now, let's go on the positive side. A fabulous video on the website about what you do to measure and make lithium batteries safe. I think that that's a technology that people want to know more about. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, our fastest growing segment across the whole business uh, is battery testing. We are, our thermal analysis products are used by most of our customers to do testing of the, the, um, uh, the electrochemistry, the anodes and cathodes. Um, in basically, the top five uh, electric vehicle manufacturers are our customers. So they use our products to test not just what's in the batteries, but also assure that these, these batteries don't overheat over time. So our, our, our products are used across the full value chain of, of battery testing. Now, also, we talk a lot about biologics as a way to be able to save the healthcare system money. But biologics are very expensive to make, and we can't really make sure that they're the same as the uh, real guys, so to speak. What do you guys do to help uh, make biologics actually more affordable? Yeah, look, Jim, um, 40%, almost 40% of the pipeline of the pharma industry is now biologics and novel modalities like mRNA, uh, like cell and gene therapies. And these molecules are, of course, Terrific. Uh, they save a lot of lives. Uh, they're highly efficacious, but they're expensive and and take time to develop. And we want to know each and everything about these these molecules, right? So, as waters, we do an incredible job in understanding the chemistry of these molecules, right? So, uh, if you think of a protein, it has amino acids in it. So, what amino acids are in the protein? If you think of an mRNA or an RNA molecule. We want to know what nucleic acids are in it. So our, our, our liquid chromatography and mass spec instruments allow us to measure the chemistry exquisitely. And now, with the announced acquisition of wire technologies, we're able to look at the size of the molecule, its shape. That plays an important role in how these things work. So in order to reduce the cost to speed up development, we need to find out each and everything about these complex molecules. And we've already had that capability at Waters and our from a chemistry perspective. We've just added another leg to the stool with the acquisition of IAT. 
Well, what I like so much is that you have very few competitors, which at a time when the economy is slowing down, you're instrumental, which is fantastic. I want to thank Dr. Udi Batra, who is the president and CEO of Waters Corp. It is great to have you on the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Always a pleasure. Yeah, money's back in. Coming up, Kramer takes your calls, and the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round. Next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski daddy, time for the lightning round. I'm going to start with Joe in New Jersey. Joe. Hi, Jim. Love you. Joe, Joe. Always very informative. Thank you. What's up? Um, I'm getting close to retirement, and I have about 25% okay. of my retirement funds in Berkshire Hathaway. What do you think will happen when the inevitable and the uh, warrant? Uh, you know, I don't know. I know that the man runs an unbelievable company. He's got fantastic people underneath him. I say stay long, Berkshire Hathaway. And you go to John in New Jersey. John. Yes, uh, Mr. Kramerica. I just want to let yeah, you know that's that me. my friend Emil and myself have been watching your show for so long, and we love it. Anyhow, oh, I'd like thank you. Thank you, John. Stop. Uh, which is trading around its 52-week low, plus has good dividends, which is VFC. Well, VFC, I've got to tell you, that's good dividend, but that's because the stock's fallen so much because they actually did cut the dividend. dividend. I think Benadora's doing its best, but i got to tell you, VF Corp, I don't like apparel, and I certainly don't like that. If you need apparel, I'll go with Ralph Lauren. I need to go to Roger in Minnesota. Roger! Hey, Jimmy Chill. They have a question about Tesla. I've owned it in the past. I'm looking to get back in. Um, it's topping around the 200 level here. Is this a good spot? Or do you think I can get yes, it Yes, I do think it. I, look, I think the, the company's got I mean, I was listening to Phil about today. I mean, it's unbelievable. They are one and two in California for EV. I think that they've got the best product. I say stay long. Tesla. How about Paul in New York? Paul. Booyah, Jim. Great to talk to you. Thanks for taking the call. My of question course. Is about, Thank you for calling. Thank you. Teva Pharmaceuticals, T-E-V-A. I have it in nothing an IRA. distinguishing. I- no, 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 no. Sell it in the IRA. There's nothing that's distinguishing or, or I, it's not irredeemable, but there's no reason to be long Teva. None. I actually like Tesla more than Teva, but it's not a drug company. How about Jerry in California? Jer! Yeah. Bueno. Hello, Jim. Hello. Um, I wondered... About McKisson, is that a hold? Get out of it now. Oh no, really- no, that company just prints money. I mean, they really do. They just print money. I mean, it's like unbelievable. Let's go to Bill in Georgia. Bill. Bill. Well, I'm Bill. Bill. I'm Jim. Yes. <laughs> Jim, great to meet you. Fine. They've been watching you forever. Love the show. Thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you for all that you do for us. We appreciate it. Oh, thank it. you. Hey, so been enjoying watching the market turn and feel confident about what's ahead for our friends in, in IT. Great news by NVIDIA this evening. Outlook is pretty bright, I think, for land research. But when you look at the different growth areas from AI to enterprise, enterprise data center, cloud, et cetera, all of that needs to land somewhere in high-performance global shops. So I wanted to get right. your thoughts on Equinix. 
Uh, Equinix, look, this is a tough call because some people feel that there's going to be a pullback in data center spending. Other people feel there's just the, the endless uh, roar of e-commerce. Me, I think the stock's up a lot. Doesn't offer that much of a yield. I think I'd just say, eh, hold it. Good chart, though, I have to admit. Let's go to Daryl in Tennessee. Daryl! Hey, Jim. I want to thank you for all the work you do for us listeners. Uh, sure do try, Daryl. Sure do try. The stock I have today but, is Gilead Sciences. Uh, you know, it just it just doesn't do anything for me. It's just not doing anything interesting. They don't have the new drugs that I want. They don't have the, 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 the great trials going on. I say go with Eli Lilly because of Mujardo. Much better situation. Let's go to Steve in Pennsylvania. Steve. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Yeah, Booyah. Pennsylvania. Al, you're a Marine Corps veteran. I'm a longtime listener and a first-time caller. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for serving. What's going on? What's your take on EQT? Ooh, EQT. You know that Jeff Marks and I addressed that. We had this home stretch program uh, at two, around 2 o'clock, and I've got to tell you, that is a great. If you think that's what gas is bottom, as I do and Ben Stoda does, it's time to... Bye, bye, bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the lightning round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Starbucks may or may not be on the verge of an olive-powered transformation. But Kramer's taken a lesson from the alchemy of Schultz and shares it next. Yesterday, Howard Schultz, the interim CEO of Starbucks, introduced Oleato, his new olive oil-infused coffee drink. Then he came on the show and told us it was transformational, represented as a bit of a definitive needle mover for the world's largest coffee chain. So I think it's a good time to talk about what it means to move the needle. A needle mover is something that's large enough to substantially impact your share price. The larger your company is, though, the more it takes to move the needle. And Starbucks is indeed a $120 billion company. Now, when I heard Schultz pitching this new drink as transformational, a couple things went through my head. First is, hey, maybe this is hyperbole. All you had is a cup of coffee with Italian olive oil in it. I mean, how the heck could that move the needle, even for a much smaller chain? Of course, Schultz knows the coffee business better than anyone, including me. So as soon as I heard about this drink, I took a dollop of my own homegrown olive oil and put it in a Starbucks cup of coffee that I brewed at home. And it didn't sense anything that, all that earth-shaking. Then again, though, I'm a stock guy, not a coffee guy. Although we own Starbucks for the Travel Trust. Of course, learn more about that by joining the CNBC Investing Club. Schultz turned Starbucks into a worldwide colossus. They must have a different process to infuse the olive oil. Something a lot more impressive than my at-home stirring. Plus, a spoonful of extra virgin olive oil from Sicily is obviously healthier than using, let's say, cream or half an app. Maybe Oleato can be a curiosity that brings more people in the stores. Maybe you try it and decide, wow, I'm switching from pizza or blue bottle. If that's the case, then this could eventually be a needle mover many years down the road. But that's certainly not a reason to buy the stock right now ahead of the international launch. Still, as a menu addition, as something new and different, it could be a winner. So what is a real needle mover at this moment? First, you need to know that they're few and far between, despite the endless claims by countless executives. 
We actually got one on the show last night, and it wasn't Eliado. I'm talking about the balance sheet needle mover in another travel trust named Palo Alto Networks. CEO Nikesh Arora told us they've got $6 billion in cash. That means that you know what they can do with that? The money can allow them to triumph over the current macroeconomic weakness. With that capital, Nikesh can afford to make deals with his competitors. That his competitors they just can't do, which is why Palo Alto is currently taking market share from everybody. Of course, there's a lot of dumb money out there. People who see good news in Palo Alto and bet on the whole cybersecurity cohort for some stupid ETF. In this case, though, what's good for Apollo Hato is bad for the competitors. Nikesh is shredding the other companies. He's got no desire to consolidate the industry via acquisitions, but he can crush his rivals under the weight of Palo Alto's cash-laden balance sheet. That's a needle mover. I say keep investing club fave Palo Alto above all the others. There's a, there is an element of time here. Palo Alto's mountain of cash can move the needle at this moment. But then you got something difficult. Chat. GPT. Now, there's an, created an explosion of interest in artificial intelligence, right? And a lot of different stocks have gone up and started going down. But check this GPT thing, it's powered by NVIDIA. Is it a needle mover for NVIDIA? I don't know. After sifting through NVIDIA's quarter this evening, I think it might well be the case. What a great company that is. You rarely see needle movers in a lot of other industries. Commodity businesses, forget it. They don't exist. The rise in fracking and oil and gas a decade and a half ago, that worked. A uh, needle mover is much bigger than an edge. Bank of America is an edge over its competitors thanks to its tremendous digital platform. But it might not be enough to move the needle, say, versus J.P. Morgan or Wells Fargo. In the end, when someone says they've got something transformational that can move the needle, you need to ask yourself two things. One, who's making that claim? And two, what's the time frame? For Nikesh Aurora Palo Alto, he's money, and the future is now. For Howard Schultz and Starbucks, I think he's bankable, but the company's just too big for Oliato to move the needle anytime soon, even as I'd love to try one. NVIDIA, CEO Jensen wants awesome. I trust that guy any day of the week. Still a buy. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise you I'd find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.